there and post pictures of me, but that's okay. You <laughs> just go right people. ahead, Chris. Just I don't people. Think, uh, the mayor doesn't do that either. <laughs> I don't think he's taking too many selfies of himself going, this is what I... Mayor, what are you dressing up as in Halloween? I always keep my Halloween costume, you know, a secret until the moment of reveal. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to dress up as Chris Michaels this year. Uh, yo, I don't think so. so How, the may- however, let me just say this one thing about the mayor. Uh, he did take a selfie with me, so if he doesn't take too many selfies, I am honored that he took one with me. Okay, well, there you go. I may take a lot of selfies. I just don't post them anywhere. There you go. <laughs> well, that's that's a good idea. All right, so the mayor's in the house. We'll talk to him. I've got to tell you what, we might as well go ahead and, and uh, start off because, I've, man, I've got pages of uh, stuff for you, uh, mayor. I'm trying to – I'm going to hit you off with something uh, fun and, you know, not as hard. We'll kind of give you – let you kind of get the cobwebs out. There's a guy who keeps fishing in color. Like, he's there all the time, and I think that somebody should talk to him about – moving you know i knew that these complaints were going to start to come in he's got all the appropriate permits we're we're not going to ask him to move so we're talking about uh, bernard cray is that how you say his last name cray Le- lefty cray lefty cray i did not know him so um but there is a statue of him doing a little fishing in in color lake how did that come about and did i mean really did it have to go to the board of aldermen and through the mayor to get approval to have that done there's a whole process for putting public art in our parks. So, yes, it, uh, it, it involves uh, our Public Art Commission, Parks and Recreation, because it's in a park, and then ultimately a kind of memorandum of understanding between the individuals who are raising money for the artwork and the city so that it's clear what the long-term maintenance of these uh, pieces of art are going to be. We don't want to simply accept something without knowing what it's going to take to maintain it in the long term. So it's what we did with the Claire McArdle statue on Carroll Creek. It's what we did with the Lefty Cray statue. It was fundraised by by private individuals, the friends of Lefty Cray. And um, he's from the Claire McArdle statue on Carroll Creek. It's what we did with the Lefty Cray statue. It was fundraised by by private individuals, the friends of Lefty Cray. And um, he's from Frederick. He is, if you're in the world of fly fishing and, and you know anything about fly fishing, then you know who Lefty Cray is. And so it's a pretty significant um, opportunity for the city to shine a little light on maybe a a lesser-known aspect of our history. There you go. We'll have more with the mayor of the city of Frederick coming up on Free Talk 930 WFMD. Oh, yes, rivalry weekend this weekend is uh, Freddie County football says uh, adios to the 2023 football season as we move forward into the uh, playoffs. The mayor of the city of Frederick, Mayor Mike O'Connor, joins us in studio this morning with uh, Chris Michaels and Bob Miller. Uh, mayor, let's talk about the um, something that you had asked for, and that is kind of a overview and a charter review of um, the charter of the city of Frederick. And I think one of the biggest issues that gets the most publicity right now is the fact that the committee is thinking about giving non-citizen voting rights in the city of Frederick uh, coming up. And, and I don't understand why they would do something like that. Help me out. I know you don't have the charter in your hands yet, um, but give me you know kind of a summation of your thoughts on this. Well, it's not unprecedented. There are communities that have extended voting rights to 16-year-olds, to uh, non-resident, um, non-U.S. residents. 
um, uh, green card holders, um, perhaps people who are in the country undocumented. So um, what I'll really be interested in is when the committee brings forward all of their recommendations is the research and the justification that went into why they made each one. I think that's information that will be helpful to uh, the residents. I certainly think it's going to be information that's going to be helpful to the Board of Aldermen, who ultimately will have the decision-making when it comes to any of these changes. So uh, I, I eagerly await uh, what what they propose. So let me ask kind of the nuts and bolts question here. So it goes to the charter review, then the aldermen have to vote on it, then the public has to vote on it, right? We do not have that provision in our charter. Okay. So un- unless unless there's a determination that gets made as part of the process that changes to the charter should go before the public the way the county's charter does, uh, that would not currently be a part of the process uh, as written in our, our, our existing charter. Do you have veto power on some of that line item veto? I do not. Not on not on charter changes. So I, I have uh, my understanding is I I mean I can veto a lot of resolutions and ordinances and those kinds of things. It doesn't happen quite honestly um, with with really any frequency at all. I think I've done two in um, six years now. Um, it's a very unusual occurrence. But specifically when it comes to charter changes, I don't. What there is, and this provision is in the charter, the current charter, because we'd have to use the current charter to change it to something different, is the opportunity for residents to petition any of those changes to a vote. So there is that opportunity where the public could step up and say, we want a, we want a, uh, an election that will decide these matters. Do do because I know this was this had come up maybe before you were even mayor, um, and that is the rights of people who own property and pay taxes in the city of Frederick, giving them the opportunity to vote in city elections. That that hasn't happened yet, right? Well, it comes up every it comes up every four years. I get asked by um, uh, individuals. We no longer in this country. It is no longer a part of our history that we assign voting rights based on property ownership. That's the way we did it 150, 160 years ago. It was done with very clear intention to deprive certain people the opportunity to participate in the democracy. We no longer assign voting rights based on property ownership. But we're going to give non citizens. The right to vote. Do we re- maybe? Do we? I, I mean, I could argue this both ways, which is one of the which is one of the things I like about me. Um, <laughs> uh, we don't allow fourteen year olds to vote. Do we represent their interests? We don't allow seventeen year olds to vote. But do we? Do we act in their interest? People well, who that's, are, that's, but but people the, not, those people, but those people that, that, are citizens that, 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 of the United that, 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 States. Those people are all citizens of the United States of America, and, purpose, and we want to allow people who are not citizens of the United States of America. No one is asking to vote in the United States election. This is a city election, and so I believe, and 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 this would be one of those things that I might feel strongly about, that at the city level, we should get to decide. Certain things, and as long as the things that we're deciding are not in violation of the Maryland or United States Constitution, then cities should have a certain autonomy to govern themselves. But the, but the great thing about this is uh, there's going to be data. I can tell you that there are some logistical challenges with, with undertaking a process like this. Um, right now, we administer our elections and support with the support of Frederick County, if we were to have to create an entirely new voter roll, that would be a cost and expense of managing our elections that we have to understand the dollars behind. So there could be some logistical considerations with any of these, ranked choice voting, some of the other things that are coming through that may or may not make them 
feasible or not. So there's there's going to be a lot of information that the board's going to have to process when these things come through, and it's going to be both uh, the history and um, the, the intent and do they do this in other places to the cost and logistics. It's it's not a changes to the election process are not a are not a small matter for consideration. To use your argument against you, please do. Um, is uh, when I'll have it, another one. I know you will. This is what I like about you. We can argue and you'll come back next month. And that's, I appreciate that. Um, is that as you were talking about 14 year olds and 17 year olds and, and do we not, uh, do we not, um, you know, vote and affect their needs? So do you, uh, vote when, on um, property owners in Frederick County, in Frederick City and you don't allow them to vote? So why, if you're servicing them, the the elite, the people who are not non-citizens or who are non-citizens, and you're you know uh, effective, you know regulating and and whatever to them, you're also doing it to people who pay taxes in the city of Frederick, and you don't extend them the same rights as you want to give somebody who's not a citizen of the United States. Do you do we give them multiple votes if they own multiple properties? Well, no, we them, you just give them we, one vote. They, them they, own they own property. They, they pay taxes to the city of Frederick. Yeah, well, I, you know, I. We do we do we know, do we understand if everybody who's a non-citizen pays taxes into the city of Frederick? Well, they they depending. I mean, if you rent in the city of Frederick, you don't pay property taxes, but you perhaps pay some other taxes that might derive your maybe your rent a portion of that. The landlord pays those taxes. Um, as I said before. Um, w- there, there is some precedent, and it's a relatively recent one, where communities are extending voting rights beyond what we have traditionally done in this country of 18-year-olds with the right to vote. It's, it's, there are places – it's a relatively new phenomenon, but places are extending voting rights. The converse to that is that we ended assignment of voting rights based on property ownerships a century ago. So we did it that way once, and we decided that that wasn't the right way. What we're talking about now is an evolution of the vote. Could we go back? Of course we could. I'm, I'm not sure that I would support that. It sounds like you do support what's maybe been put in front of you. I don't. I, I think what I'm trying to say is that um, there's considerations on all sides of, of this issue, and when these recommendations come forward, I'm going to personally be very interested in the research that was done and the justification for why these recommendations are being made. If we're changing the city's charter, our governing document, then I want this committee to be really crystal clear as to why they think this change benefits governance, because that's what we're talking about, why the change benefits governance in the city of Frederick. Let me ask, and we got to take a break. We'll have more on the other side of the news with uh, Mayor Michael O'Connor. And that is, uh, uh, do you call people up to what floor are you on? In the, the, the second floor. The second floor. Do you call the alderman? You're like, where do you stand on this? Well, they've been asked by the newspaper, and I think they all played it pretty close to the vest. Yes, they did. Um, I'm probably, asking you. Do you about, sit there? Probably, probably about as close as I do. Um, I, you know, we're going to have public meetings about it, so I don't. I wouldn't. I don't need to make individual calls. I. I will. Not at this point. I'm no. Not on this particular issue. There may be other issues where trying to get a read of where they stand would be uh, would be a value to me as I'm thinking about doing something. Okay. All right. We're going to have more with the mayor of the city of Frederick, Mayor Michael O'Connor, coming up on the Morning News Express, Free Talk 930 WFMD. From the 930 WFMD News Center. The investigation into a fatal accident involving a wheelchair and a garbage truck continues. News at 30 past the hour on News Radio 930 WFMD. 
635 at WFMD in the Morning News Express. Good morning, rise and shine up at Adam Bob Miller. Chris Michaels, the uh, the mayor of the city of Frederick, Mayor Michael O'Connor, joining us. And we just got a couple minutes till we get to the uh, the news, the uh, traffic and weather. So let me ask you about this uh, that I read in the FNP about a jobs program called Good Jobs, Great Cities. Uh, I think you're teaming up with the uh, the county on this. And, and what does that entail? So I love talking about good jobs and great cities because I think that uh, when it comes to kind of the future of our community, the future of Frederick and the future of Frederick County, um, our ability to build the jobs pipelines for the jobs that are coming in the future uh, is going to be critical. And there is no better economic development program to offer any individual than to give them a good paying job. And so uh, we had an opportunity back in the spring to apply for a technical assistance opportunity through the National League of Cities and the Federal Department of Labor. So this was opened up to municipalities across the the country, and there are approximately 19,000 municipal governments across the country. Um, We submitted an application. We had a very short turnaround that required us to quickly reach out to some partners in Frederick County, Frederick County, the community college, um, workforce services, different Uh, partners and entities that that we thought could be a part of this to put this application together, and we were selected. We were one of 16 cities selected across the United States to participate in this, and what this gives us over the course of the next year, so this started in July and will end um, next June, is experts at the National League of Cities in workforce development and, and building workforce development programs, experts at the Federal Department of Labor who work in the workforce investment area in building labor force to help us build a more robust system for workforce development in Frederick County. This is not something the city has typically done. In fact, it's largely the purview of Frederick County. And my view is that they do it well and they should continue to do it. What we want to be able to do with the Good Jobs, Great Cities program is convene more partners around the table to strengthen connections that already exist between agencies in Frederick County to perhaps build new connections where we identified gaps in services It's not about the city becoming a provider of things that we haven't historically done, though we could if we find a a place where that fits. For example, we're having conversations about um, collaborating with the county and the Osherman Family Foundation on constructing a youth center, a youth center that wouldn't be a traditional recreational focused youth center, but a youth center that would be focused on workforce development, job training, skills gap building. So it's an opportunity for us to bring a lot of different partners to the table, people who are already working in this realm, and try and get us all rowing in the same direction for the betterment of Frederick City and Frederick County. And it's a really exciting opportunity for uh, us to have an opportunity to learn from peer cities across the country and to talk to one another about how we better do this process of workforce development because there is a shortage that already exists and it's not going to get better on its own. And that is for every two point one point six jobs that are available in the country today, there is one person to fill that job. So we have extraordinarily low unemployment in the city of Frederick with the lowest unemployment in the country, in the state of Maryland, but we still have a job shortage. I see it when I talk to business people across this city on a regular basis as part of the business visits that I do, finding skilled workers, finding workers who can come in and learn the skills is a critical challenge. We got to take a break. 6.39 more. We'll uh, rapid fire with the mayor coming up next to the Morning News Express. 
930 WFMD traffic for Frederick and surrounding counties. Going to start with your delays on 270 southbound. They're in Frederick County from the Monocacy River through Hyattstown. And then as you're going by 118 in Germantown. And then once you get down to 495, no issues going on the inner loop or outer loop southbound in towards northern Virginia. You are slow 15 southbound St. Clair Lane to Luckett's Road. There is a house fire in Thermont, the 100 block of East Moser Road. Nine eastbound, long delays for you this morning. They start at Chestnut Hill Road. They're going to stay with you to Harvard. Harper's Ferry Road. And this is brought to you by Frederick Air and Bryant. Whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Frederick Air, it's a good call. This WFMD MTA update, a service of transit, transit services of Frederick County. Good morning from the MTA on the Brunswick line. Things are running just fine right now. The next train out of Frederick is train 894. That's leaving at 710. Monocacy at 717. Riders will arrive in Washington a few minutes before 9 o'clock. Train 876 is leaving Point of Rocks right about 6.50, arriving at uh, Union Station at 8.15. Train 878 leaves Point of Rocks at 7.17 this morning. For the MCA Transit Team, I'm Austin Todd on WFMD. The 930 WFMD Skyscan forecast for Frederick and surrounding counties. For this morning, expecting mostly clear skies. Sunny this afternoon, a high temperature of 69 degrees. Tonight, mostly clear, low 45. On Wednesday, mostly sunny, high 74. Wednesday night, partly cloudy, low 48. On Thursday, mostly sunny, high 77. And Thursday night, mostly cloudy, low 55. PJ's Roofing, when it comes to your roof, they've got you covered. Visit pjsroofing.com. I'm Andrew Brady. 37 in Frederick. Good morning. Ryan's and Shine up and Adam. More with the mayor of the city of Frederick, Mayor Michael O'Connor, coming up next on WFMD. Personal transportation for low-income families is more critical than ever. You can be a hero to these people today by donating any unused car or truck to Second Chances Garage. We take your donations, repair them, and provide much-needed transportation to the low-income community right here in Frederick. So grab your title and log on to scgarage.org today to find out how easy it is to be a hero. And you may qualify for the highest IRS tax deduction. Make a difference today at scgarage.org. Thank you. Markle Heating and Cooling knows that every dollar counts, especially since many things are getting more expensive. So they have reduced the price on their fall tune-up special to just $59, and that covers the same comprehensive evaluation of your system. It takes about an hour, and then your Markle tech will let you know what kind of shape your system is in. Remember, a small investment today, now even smaller, helps prevent a bigger one down the road. Visit MarkleHVAC.com, locally owned and looking out for you. Markle. Mid-Maryland Traditions. Some good. The Great Frederick Fair. Some bad. Traffic on 270 and free talk. It's a great tradition. On 930 WFMD. 642 at WFMD. More with the mayor of the city of Frederick, Mayor Michael O'Connor. And uh, you saw, I told you I'd love to talk about good jobs, great cities. Uh, yeah, you did. And I want to talk about Frederick Brickworks. They might need some uh, might need some engineering done there uh, on that property uh, that has seemed to get the approval of the planning commission in the city of Frederick. That's a lot of uh, buildings, a lot of houses, uh, and maybe some retail space. Um, one of the things that you hear when it comes to any kind of of development is you know is the infrastructure there to support it and that's what i'm asking you is the infrastructure there to support it every development that gets considered in the city of frederick has to go through 
uh, rigorous review through our departments. And that reviews them for adequacy in a number of different areas. And so if there are aspects of the infrastructure that are not adequate, then the developer has a choice at that point. Um, They can stop their project or they can provide the mitigation against whatever that inadequacy is. So we take the adequacy of infrastructure into account when development projects come through the process. We are not going to build more buildings than we can provide water to. Um, The transportation piece becomes a little bit more of a challenge because there's aspects of the infrastructure that we don't fully control, things like federal highways and and those sorts of things. Uh, But we look for the developers to contribute to uh, building the necessary internal road network, connecting to uh, adjoining road network, and providing those improvements and upgrades where um, identified and appropriate to make that happen. Is that enough, though? I mean, I, I mean, uh, or is that just the level of where we stand when it comes to uh, to building today? Well, it, it, it's a great question because um, I, I think you could talk to uh, 10 different people and get 10 different answers to what enough looks like. And one of the challenges that we have in government, and I think this is um, not driven by us who are actually in government, I think it's driven by community, is building in advance of need is not something that government has ever really done. And it would be very difficult, frankly, to justify from a taxpayer perspective. Schools that are going to sit empty for three years while we wait for those students to arrive. We're going to build roads that nobody drives on for some period of time and wait for that growth. The whole idea is concurrency. What what you want ideally, and this is where we this is this is the the rub in the development process is how much and how fast do you want that concurrency of development to occur? So um, pacing, is, pacing is so subjective. And when we have debates in this county, and we've had them, you've been around, Bob, as long as mm-hmm. I have, to see the pendulum swing in the county on growth, no growth, growth, no growth. That's the debate. The debate is not – everyone understands that if you're going to build houses, you need schools. If you build houses, you're going to need roads. If you build houses, you need parks. The, the challenge is – What's the concurrency? How fast do you forward fund? Who should pay for that? What's the expected benefit that comes from all? These are the growth debates that we have in the city, in the county. Frankly, it's everywhere. And, you know, I'm not, I don't want to get too sidelined, but I read a story where you, you mentioned schools where, um, you know, the youth of America are not having kids uh, right now. This is something that could be an effective issue going down the road. And we have schools sitting empty. I don't think we ever will have that, but um, where we don't have kids growing. But it does also uh, I don't I don't want to get going down that rabbit hole because I want to talk about one other thing, because you talked about, well, whether or not we build the roads. But as you are looking to annex a big chunk of property, the Tom's property, thinking about it, it's up for a proposal. Do you not put that in there? Because I think that one of the biggest issues is playing catch up is always harder than maybe putting it out forward. It costs more forward, but catch up is, you know, most people just hate that. Well, that's what we want as part of the annexation process. It's a unique opportunity for the city to negotiate with a property owner in a way that's different than the traditional development process when you're building according to the land management code that exists in the city of Frederick. Annexation is an opportunity for us to talk to that property owner who wants to come into the city and say, here's what we need. We need you to reserve right away for a road, or we need you to, as a part of ultimately building this project out, to build this piece of road or to install this piece of infrastructure that at other points in the development review process 
process we might not have the opportunity to fully exact. So it's it's an opportunity to have those conversations. And when we invite and, and let's be clear, we invite property owners to annex to the city. We don't do it against their will. We're, we're going to ask things of those property owners that at the end of the development process, we want to be value adds for residents and taxpayers in the city. That's the mayor of the city, Frederick Mayor Michael O'Connor. Uh, I'm trying to look at that one more. Okay, well, we'll get one more, sneak one more in here before we get to uh, traffic and weather. And that is because we're talking about annexing. We're talking about building. And that is the Westridge Project rezoning. How's that going? Are we going to see that uh, go through? So I think this is, a, this is a, a, again, it's a, it's a great example of uh, sometimes the tensions that exist. So we've identified as part of our planning process, our comprehensive planning process and our vision as a city, that what we'd like to do is increase density. It's, a, it's, it's better in some respects to build housing where that infrastructure already exists than building it out in the middle of a field and then having to extend that infrastructure. But when you put new housing into an area that's already got an established idea of who it is, that that building tension comes in. So what they're proposing is to take vacant retail that doesn't work the way it did 20 years ago and convert it into housing, something that a growing community desperately needs housing at a price point. We hope that can meet gaps in that housing continuum. Uh, I ultimately don't know uh, where uh, that's going to come down. Uh, That's in the hands of the board of aldermen. But these are the these are the processes that we go through um, in an effort to try and achieve both our our vision as a city and and our comp plan and to get the highest and best use um, for uh, property owners and our residents across the city. We appreciate your time, Mayor Michael O'Connor. Thank you for uh, joining us this morning. And as always, uh, we'll hope to see you next month. Thank you. Well, we might not see you next month. That's right before Thanksgiving. What's right before Thanksgiving? So I don't know if you. You will? Okay. I'm not going anywhere. You'll be here. I'll be here. Yeah. There you go. And so will Chris Michaels and Chris Murray, who's uh, standing by waiting in the wings with a business update. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you.